The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to G. Cobb in the House on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Micah Warren, and uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, I got my buddy Michael Perry with me from otrsportsonline.com. What's happening, Perry? What's going on, Micah? Uh, you sound amped up. You sound I am, man. we got a huge <laughs> weekend coming up. It, it is a big weekend, and it's been a big week for us in Philadelphia sports. There's been a lot going on. Uh, dating back to uh, last week, when obviously we, you know, we weren't around for last week because we were out in the middle of nowhere, and we just happened to also catch the Flyers. So, I mean... I think we've got to start with the Flyers here. We pretty much neglect them on a weekly basis. And you know what? Maybe they've uh, deserved our neglect for a while. Uh, but, you know, you, we're going to go back to last week, actually, pretty much during last week's show. Um, the Flyers are the forced game seven against the Bruins. I'm concerned anybody didn't notice this. They were down 3-0. So they get to game seven, and we're watching, and all of a sudden, the third period, first period, well, they're down three to nothing, and Boston is is dancing around. You're like, wow, well, a little anticlimactic. You might as well just swept swept them. My God. So sure enough, Flyers don't quit. They come back and they end up winning four three. They win the series four three, game seven four three, and you, you got to give them a ton of credit. Uh, and so at that point, you know, and most people are thinking, wow, this is just kind of house money at this point. I'm proud of them. Blah blah blah. They did a great job, and they they did phenomenal job. So Sunday night against the Canadians who thankfully took out the Pittsburgh Penguins, they go out and stomp them six to nothing. Come out on Tuesday, stomp them again three to nothing. And this team looks like they're on fire. Now, of course, uh, last night in Montreal, Canadians played with better legs. Uh, the Flyers looked flat. Leighton at times looked like <laughs> he didn't. He, he made some phenomenal saves, and other times looked like he didn't even want to be there. Uh, but so now they sit with a 2-1 lead. They're two games from the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, what are you thinking about this team last night? I know I was talking to, to one guy who was telling me that, well, now, now it's a series because the, the Habs came back and they stomped them 5-1 to one last night. Flyers look bad. Now they're the ones on the ropes. Do you buy any of that? No, I, I don't think anyone was expecting the Flyers to just go and sweep the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, maybe, maybe, the, maybe the fans that are just jumping on board right now you know, expected a sweep, and now they're the ones that are all upset. But I'm not upset. I... I didn't think that they would uh, take Montreal in four games. Um, it, it, those first two goals last night, kind of, kind of those lucky bounces that you need. You know, you, yeah. ha- you have one off the backboard, comes back on the other side, and the, you know leaves the uh, that side of the net open. And then the next goal, you know, bouncing off a, a skate and a stick. You know, they're crashing the net. That's how you score. But you know, kind of two fluky goals, and it, it kind of just switched the momentum around. 
and that's kind of what hockey does is there's those strange little bounces, those, those tough little caroms can completely change a game. They, they didn't play well. They didn't play well enough to win either, but, you know, if you look back at the New Jersey series when, when the Flyers lost to New Jersey, you know, the first game that they lost to them, you kind of have that uneasy feeling like, oh, boy, we're not, you know, here comes Jersey. But, you know, they rebounded before after a loss, and I think they'll rebound again, so I'm not worried. Yeah, and tomorrow's going to tell us a lot um, because, I mean, you, you mentioned the little things, and that's really what I kept thinking. Uh, the Flyers in, in the past week or uh, and a half or so, some of their passing has been phenomenal. I mean, incredibly sharp passing. And then you watch last night, and it was just ahead of the stick, just behind the guy. It just—it it was like everything was a little bit of a half step off, and they weren't getting those little things, whereas Montreal was. And even watching the game, I kept thinking, I'm like, you know, Montreal's not really doing it for me either. You know, they, they, were, they were the ones that were, they got the puck to go in the net, and they you know, did so repeatedly, 5-1 to one is, is a decided victory. But I really did think it was just those little things the Flyers couldn't get right. Now, the concern, though, is the Flyers kind of traditionally have that switch. When it's on, they, they just can't be beaten. And when it's off, my God, it looks like they've never played hockey again or hockey before. So I, I think it's more of a situation where you came back from down 3 to nothing in a series. You came out stomped in the first two games. At some point, you have to cool off, right? They won six games in a row. Yeah, you got to cool off. So you don't worry too much that it's them regressing into the team that needed to win a uh, a shootout against the Rangers just to make the playoffs in the last game of the season. Yeah, it, you know they they limped in to the playoffs. We, we all know that they, they they had they had goaltending issues going in. I mean, this is definitely a surprise cup run, but this is a team that. You know, you thought at the beginning of the year that they would be. It's not like they were, they had bad players. They have the roster to do what they're doing right now. And right. Uh, I will, I mean, yeah, they, they got lucky. They, they didn't have to play the Capitals. They didn't have to play, you know, the, the Penguins. But, you know, when the Phillies won, they didn't have to play the Cardinals. They didn't have to play the Yankees or the Sox in the, in the World Series. That's just the way it goes. You just got to take advantage of who you're playing and, and, and just beat who you're playing, you know? No, I, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, but you, here's the thing that concerns me heading into the playoffs, and you're right, you do see a roster full of talent, uh, underachieving talent for the most part this season, but, but talent nonetheless. The thing that scares you, because one of the things in hockey, man, if you get a hot goalie and you play some decent hockey in front of them, you can go far, and that's really what we're seeing out of the Flyers. Leighton's been playing pretty well, but I, I – he had that shutout streak. It's tough to argue with that. There's something still, and I don't blame the guy. He wasn't in the league to start the season, you know, for a reason. He still concerns me. Uh, there were times last night he didn't seem that. I don't know. Like he wasn't get, he wasn't getting back up. He'd make a move. He didn't get back and get back himself back into position. I mean, if he if for some reason Michael Layton re- re- reverts to being Michael Layton, this team is done. Yeah, he was the best goaltender in the regular season for the for the Flyers. And, wow! Uh, wow! He, he, de- he was. You know that much, but you know that's not saying much. No, he, he played well. He played well in the regular season. I, I you know, when, when Boucher when Boucher went down, I was like, ah, oh, you know, who are they going to throw in now? I had no clue that Leighton was 
was uh, ready to play. I was expecting some phantom guy to come in. When Leighton came in, I kind of was just like, all right, I'd rather actually have Leighton in there than Boucher. So they they have the best goaltender on their roster for this team to win right now in net. And yeah. I, but I, I think I think the you know he's not going to be your Patrick Wire or Martin Brodeur, but he's going to make he's going to he, he's not going to give up those soft goals. I you know I, I don't think he gave up any soft goals last night. Um, you know maybe he could have had them, but they weren't. You know between you know the, the Boucher between the legs, he thinks he has it. It goes right through. Um, but th- there's two guys on the Flyers right now, and the, there's a reason why they're paying them the money that they are. And obviously the first one is Chris Pronger. Granted, he had a bad game, you know, last yeah, night, made some turnovers. But this is the guy that, that, that – this is why they signed him for this for this reason in the playoffs. I mean, he probably was more for Ovechkin and Crosby. You know, they, they expect to play them, but they're not. But you know, <laughs> this is the playoff defender that they needed. And the other one – you know, maybe it took four years to get get the, get the money out of him. Is Danny Briere, who's playing unbelievable right now? He is playing well, and I, I give him credit for that. I mean, is it too little, too late? Well, we we don't know. The guy makes like six million a year, and then you look at a guy like Hartnell. What's he make like four point two a year? Awful. Come on, who gave him that salary? Yeah, I, I appreciated the fight last night, but you know, I, I wouldn't you know, mind if this is the last year that we see Hartnell on the Flyers. Yeah, he's got he's he's got to go, uh, and, and some other guys have, have stepped up too, and I, I think they need to get mentioned too. Is Bill Elano. You know where did this guy even come from? Yeah, uh, Lano has been playing very well, um, and even uh, a guy like Blair Betts. You know, these are the, you know, more toward the bottom of the roster kind of guys that are really giving you giving you something and helping and helping you with your depth. Um, and that's and that's definitely the thing that gets other teams. Yeah, that gives the Flyers advantage. They they can roll out three decent lines, and and they're fourth line. You know, they can play some hockey. They're not gonna, you know, win you games, but you know, they they can go out there and and give the other three lines a rest, and and you know, not be uh, subject to giving up a goal every time they're going out there. Um, but they can scrap. But yeah, they they throw out three lines, and then that fourth line that's tough to defend. No, it is. And, uh, you know, one guy that when you talk about the superstars that's coming through that I think you left out, I mean, and he wasn't playing that well before he got hurt with the foot, and he comes back. Simone Gagne has been spectacular. He's been spectacular. Big fan of Simone Gagne. Always have been. He is a 50-goal scorer. 50-goal scorer. I mean, this is, you know, he had a couple concussions, uh, you know, but two of the last, what, four or three years. To, to the um, point where it was becoming like, you know, are you going to just shut it down type of stuff? Mm-hmm. And it uh, looks like Gagne's got, you know, got his legs back. He's he's playing the hockey that we've seen him play before, and it's definitely huge for the Flyers. And, and he's finishing, which is just absolutely huge. Uh, and then and then looking at other guys, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge. I don't think anybody that watches the Flyers. I don't know how you can not be a huge Claude Giroux fan. The most yeah. creative person on the Flyers. Uh, he's going to be phenomenal. Is he 22 years old, 23? He's young. Yeah, he's young. He's young. And then you got another young guy who's looking better. I'm not a huge fan right now. I know he's very, very young. Uh, in 2007, the first overall pick, the, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks got Patrick Kane. And every time I watch him, I think, wow, what would it be like to have a guy like that on your team? So the Flyers had the two pick that year, and they got uh, James Van Riemsdyk. So JVR, for most of watching him, I just 
I don't know. I don't really know what to think or what I'm watching to make me think that this guy is going to become a super stud. It, it seems like he's he's starting to come around a little bit, a little bit. Not saying that's not saying much, but it, it, it seems like during the regular season he he was only he was like a like a half a step behind, um, a half a move behind from getting around someone, but. You know, but it's it seems like it's starting to click a little bit. You know, I I, I I need to see a couple more years out of him before I before I make any um, you know you know huge opinion on him. But uh, I don't know. I, I I see it there, and I see that he's trying it. It's just not there yet. Right. Yeah. It, it it's not time for concern yet. I'm not trying to throw the bus label on the guy right now. Um, and you know what else it could be too is. The NHL season is insanely long, especially when you get this deep into the playoffs. I mean, the, the Stanley Cup's played in June. Every year you always hear somebody saying, wow, hockey's still on, isn't it June? <laughs> and it, it's true, but it's a very, very long season, especially when you get into these playoffs. I mean, so maybe it's a case, uh, maybe it's a case of him getting some, some tired feet. Um, but I don't know. He's, he, he so far hasn't, hasn't really done for me. I, I'll take Giroux any day. Um, they got to keep a hold of that guy. Yeah, they got to keep a hold of that guy. Now, the bigger question too is, and uh, I'll see if I can squeeze this in before the break. My bigger concern too is their goalie for next year. Um, and we are coming up on a break, so we'll probably have to get to it on the other side. But you look, we talked about Leighton Boucher, uh, Ray Emery's done, and and he was never what they thought he was going to be anyway. Um, you got Jonas Backlund. I mean, what else do you really have? You know. What options are there uh, as far, you know, do, do you maybe trade for a carry price or whatever? You know, anyway, look, look we had to run to a break. So before I go getting into all that, we'll get to it on the other side. Uh, VoiceAmericaSports.com is G-Cop in the house. I'm Michael Warren. We'll see you in a minute. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. 
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free, 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. All right, everybody, we are back here on G-Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Michael Warren, along with Michael Perry from OTRSportsOnline.com. And we've been talking a little fun. We've got a lot of Philadelphia sports uh, talk tonight. Uh, we, we've talking some flyers, and, and I touched on something before the break, and we'll just get into it quickly because I don't want to break down every goalie contract in the NHL and who's available. But, Perry, you've seen him do this before. Where you get a guy like Leighton who's playing really well right now in the playoffs, and you go, boy, this is great. This is our guy for the future. Uh, we saw Roman Monik do that, Marty Buran, uh, Garth Snow, <laughs> Ron Hextall, Brian Boucher did it once already, probably doing it again right now uh, if he didn't get hurt. You don't really want to go into a season with Leighton next year, do you? Would you go in there with Leighton or Boucher? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would go in with him knowing that I had a, you know, a nice backup if we needed a backup. <laughs> but uh, like you said, what, what goalies are out there? What can we afford? You know, I, I haven't done my due diligence on that right now. Um, if we went into the season with, with Michael Layton and, and Boucher, you know, I, I'd i be all right with it. Um, the, the team in front of them has to play outstanding. Uh, you know, I wouldn't mind that goalie where, you know, you have a game last night where your team's playing bad. But your goalie's still back there, you know, saving your team. I'm not saying Leighton can't be that goalie, but you know, we got to be realistic. He, he's having a nice little goalie run right now. Um, but you, you need that. You need that. You know, Mark Hambro door. Uh, yeah, I guess every team would need something like that. But you need, you know, you need we'll that. Find one of those. That's I was going to go find one of Yeah, I mean, there are options. Uh, obviously, Carey Price wants no parts of staying in uh, in Montreal. Uh, Halak's backup, and I've, I've heard of a couple other backups that might be available, but I, I don't know. It, it's not looking like there's too much, and, and you might be stuck going in with Leighton or Boucher, um, and then just, I, I guess you do what everybody else does. You roll the dice with whoever your guy is and hope he's hot at the right time. You know, Biron was spectacular. Look at the Canadians. They, they, they thought Carey Price was their guy, you know, right. last year, and then all of a sudden now you got, you know, he's on the bench and, you know, Halak's on the ice. Right. I mean, goaltending in the NHL seems to be such a revolving door right now, except for a select few that are out there. And, you know, it's just like the coaching situation, too. Coaches right. are a revolving door in the NHL. And, you know, you never know. It, it, it seems like, you know, the coach, the goalie, they're awesome, you know, when they're on that hot streak. But as soon as they hit that cold streak, they're out. <laughs> yeah, in professional sports in general, there's not a, not a ton of patience. Um, but anyway, the, the, you know, we dealt with the Flyers for now. We'll, we'll, we'll get, move on to the Sixers, which is usually a sickening, sickening subject. Um, but, uh, yeah, by the way, give us a call, 888-346-9144 if you want to chat. We can talk about – you can keep talking about the Flyers if you want, or Sixers, Eagles, Phillies, sports. Well, what's that number again, Mike? 888. Are you calling in, Perry? <laughs> yeah, I'm calling in. 888-346-9144. 
888-646-9144. As always, give us a shout. Something's on your mind. Uh, so, yeah, the Sixers finally had, uh, I guess, some positive developments this week. Um, oh, were they slated for the sixth spot? That was what they were guaranteed in the draft. Perry, is that what it was? Yeah, they were They were the sixth, yes. They, moved okay, up so they were guaranteed the sixth spot. And as the NBA lottery works, they jump up into the top three and they get the number two overall pick. Awesome. So that's a good thing. Um, that, that's something that's – because remember, for the longest time, the, the, the Sixers, everyone just considered to be this team in purgatory where, well, they're not awful enough to get a great pick and start over. They're not good enough to really win anything of any significance. So they're kind of caught in between. And with the way NBA salaries are and the guaranteed contracts and the matching contracts you want to trade, if you screw up by signing a guy to too much money in the NBA, they make you pay for that. You really pay the price for that. Um, and that's why we see Sammy Down there still on the Sixers right now. Yeah, and Elton Brand and Andre Iguodala, and we could probably keep going. So now you got the number two overall pick, and then we find out, uh, what was it, yesterday, they signed Doug Collins, the uh, former Bulls coach, former Wizards coach. He coached Michael Jordan twice. I don't know that he – he didn't win – he coached the, the Pistons. He didn't win a playoff series with Grant Hill as one of the top players in the league at the time. Uh, late 80s, Doug Collins coached uh, Jordan and the Bulls. They didn't win anything when he was there. That was had to wait for uh, Phil Jackson. He coached the Wizards in the early part of this decade and didn't do much. I I know people are labeling it as the safe pick, and Ed Stefanski's making the savior rear-end pick here. I, it just seems like – I know he knows the game very well. I know, I know Doug Collins knows his stuff. Are you thrilled with his selection as, as coach? Nope. <laughs> I just. Uh, you, you want to elaborate? Uh, well, this this Sixers team just needs a coach. You know, man, they they this Sixers team needed like a Larry Brown. You know, they and I don't know if Doug Collins is the guy to to get these young guys, you know, playing basketball. But you know, they're out there, you know, running around. They're not. They're not even. They're not even calling plays. They're not even playing defense. I mean, if Doug Collins is the guy, come in here and have a you know a strict attitude and get this team, you know, listening to him, doing what he wants them to do. You know, more power to him. But I, I just don't think he's the guy for this job. And he might not be. And it's funny when you wrote the, you wrote this up for our website the other night. He'll be. He'll be they signed him to a, they signed him to a four year deal that'll be terminated after two. I mean, four year yeah, deal. Really, they just hired a new coach to fire within two years. That's all they did. <laughs> and that's all it seems like it's doing. So, aren't you just treading water? Or are you just trying to tread water until you can get difference making players? They don't have difference makers. Iguodala's eh, okay. He's not a star. Uh, you know, they got guys, and and, and you kind of said it with. You know, Eddie Jordan comes in last year. They bring the system in. They weren't running that system. They didn't have the personnel to run that system, and they were doing whatever they wanted. There was no defense. It was kind of just when the natural talent of this roster takes over, it does become uh, it does kind of be a, become a street ball game because that's kind of where their talents are. They're a fast team, an athletic team that can run, uh, and they'll just they'll just run you off the court. Uh, I don't know that that's a winning system. Um. 
they got to get him to play defense. That, that they have to. But when Eddie Jordan comes in and he says, my system is based, based on passing and shooting, well, what roster were you looking at, Ed Stefanski, when you, when you made that move? You brought in a guy whose system is based on passing and jump shooting. What roster were you looking at? So the, my next point is, why is Ed Stefanski allowed to have a say in who the next coach is? Why is he saving his own skin with the Doug Collins pick? His skin shouldn't be saved. He should be out of there. What's he done? Why does he deserve to be there? Perry, are you comfortable with Stefanski still having a hand in this? And he's going to have a hand in who the two overall selection is. Well, he had the hand in the, in the bringing, you know, Eddie Jordan in here, and look what that got him. And, and now he brings in a guy that hasn't coached in the NBA in, what, seven, eight years? You know, it's just. Explain it. I mean, how many coaches? How many coaches in the NBA? And I don't know. Maybe we'll have to have someone call in for this stat. But how many? How many coaches in the NBA have just you know took a nice you know eight year sabbatical and then come right into the NBA and and try to coach a a team that's undisciplined and doesn't like to listen to coaches? Well, it worked with Joe Gibbs in the NFL because when he came back, they they stunk. Okay, that, that's a bad example. Um, yeah, but. but <laughs> A, a Joe Gibbs type, you know, I, I could totally see that. But you know, he at least had the pedigree. Do you, right? ever, do you ever hear someone say, you know, this team needs a Doug Collins type coach? <laughs> you don't hear that. <laughs> you don't hear that. I mean, this, this is just a fill-in coach. There wasn't much out there to, to pick from. And you know, besides Larry Brown, who, who else was out there to land? And you know, you can say Avery Johnson, but you know, Avery Johnson was given a team in Dallas. With Dirk Nowitzki, and you know they were they were the best team in the NBA. And what did he do with them? He didn't do anything with them. I mean, I, I don't think Avery Johnson is the coach that everyone thinks he is. And I, I, I don't know. There wasn't much out there. Is you know, Red Auerbach they, they, still alive? What was that? Is Red Auerbach still alive? I mean, he could come in. I mean, when was the last time he coached? I don't know if he's alive or not, but it's been a little while. At least, yeah, but, at least he has championships. But, but to the but but to the number two pick. Um. You know, it was it was exciting. You know, they they got the number two pick, and and then uh, and then I started thinking, well, who the, who, the, who are they going to take? You know, because this draft is, you know, I view this draft right now as John Wall, and then everybody else. What about Cousins? I I don't know. I, I he doesn't you know he he doesn't impress me to be like, it, like in a in a year with. Uh, a nice, a nice crop of players is Cousins a number two pick. You know, I, I don't. So see the Wizards, the Wizards got first overall, correct? And yeah, they have to take John Wall. They're going to get Patrick Kane, and the Sixers are going to get stuck with JDR. Exactly, exactly. I mean, right, right now with a number two pick, usually in the NBA draft, I mean, you, you have a clear cut number two, usually. You know, but right. the Sixers are contemplating probably like like three or four guys right now. And, right. and out of these three or four guys, maybe they even could have got him at six. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's a concern, too. Uh, you know, I'm seeing, you know, Evan Turner is, is kind of likely to be the guy at Ohio State. Are these difference makers, or are they just, you know, I, I, I don't know. Look, we've we got to take a break, but the Sixers are already upsetting me, and, and I, I need to take five here. <laughs> We'll be right back on the other side with G-Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com.
From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and wellness network what it comes down to ladies is that defining line between been there done that and ain't going back baby yeah i've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers maybe even dolls babes darling sugar and sweetheart but i say that women are truly amazing join dr marlene for amazing women brains beauty and style every wednesday at 1 p.m pacific right here on the voice america women's radio network Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. What's going on, everybody? Uh, we're back here on GCOB in the house. I'm Michael Warren along with Michael Perry. And we've been talking to the Flyers and the Sixers. And the Sixers, you know, inevitably, it's like even when they have something going on, they hire a new coach, they get the two overall pick. I get sick to my stomach when I start talking about them. The frustrating franchise they are. And uh, I'm sure you've heard. And for those that don't know, Comcast, Spect- Comcast Spectacore owns the Flyers and the Sixers. Ed Snyder is the chairman uh, pretty much of both teams. And, you know, the rumors around here are that, you know, Snyder's always been a big Flyers guy. That's true. Perry, do you really think he has just a, not a disdain for the Sixers, but eh, he just doesn't care as much? If Paul Holmgren would, had done the job Stefanski did, would he still be here? If Eddie Jordan, uh, I'm sorry, if, if Peter Laviolette did the job that uh, Eddie Jordan did, would he still be here? Do you think there's a general kind of a eh, whatever from Snyder regarding the Sixers? <laughs> There has to be. That's the only explanation for it. But the, the thing is, is, is I, I always go back when, when, when the Sixers signed Elton Brand. You know, there was de- there was definitely some buzz. They're like, all right, th- this is this is the time. This is you know, Sixers are making a move here. They could, you know, they, they could step into you know, not the elite, but you know, maybe you know, he was five a, he was a, in the East. You know, he was a name. He was a name. But that can completely backfired on them and and you know they've been backpedaling ever since 
and there, it, I just view that there's no way out of this. <laughs> and you know, you, you fill in a, you fill in a, you know, a Doug Collins. You get the number two pick, and you know, number two pick comes in. All of a sudden, you have, you know, five guys playing the same position. So what do you do then? I mean, th- this team needs to do some major overhaul before they even, you know, get get back in the direction that they're uh, that, that they need to be in. And and yeah, you could you could just say yeah, Ed Snyder's just been like, meh. Whatever. <laughs> well, it seems like that. And I just, when, when these changes need to be made, when you have the two overall pick, when you have a coach, uh, you need to hire a new coach and, like, a difference maker. No, no more of this Tony DeLeo crap. Please. You know, I, I just don't think Ed Stefanski is the one that should be making that decision. Seems like a nice guy, but so what? Um, I, I just don't think he's the one that needs to be making these decisions. And uh, before I full-on lose my lunch, uh, we should probably stop talking about the Sixers because it's beyond a frustrating situation uh, for people to follow the team. Now, it's kind of baseball. You know, the Phillies are it's always sunny in Philly. And check out Citizens Bank Park. We got the, uh, the Red Sox visiting this weekend, um, which obviously everyone makes a way bigger deal out of than I get. I know they're a big draw. They're a good team. There's no real rivalry here. The way people talk around here in Philly, it's, oh, the Red Sox are coming to town. So it's, it's another three-game series. I mean, oh, I get to see John Lackey hit. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> so Lackey's and, on, the, on the mound tonight against Hamels. What's that? I mean, and these are the games that really don't, you know, they don't matter. You know, a lot, you know you've heard people say before, you know, every game matters, every game matters. But, you know, what's this interleague play? You know, they're playing the Red Sox. What does, what does that even mean? What does that even matter? You know, I don't understand. You know, it's fun to have this interleague play. You know, I guess you get to draw some fans into stadiums that don't usually draw in fans. But, you know, it, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand the hype. Red Sox are in town. Wow. Well, here's, you do. <laughs> here's a question. Do you consider Boston to be a legitimate Philly rivalry? Is Philly-Boston a legitimate rivalry? And here's why I ask. Phillies and Red Sox is not. Obviously, like you said, it's interleague. There's no real, you know, you could root for both teams and be fine. Flyers, Bruins, well, with the exception of this last series, they hadn't played in the playoffs since, what, 1980? Mm-hmm. The Eagles Patriots played in the Super Bowl. Other than that, I don't think there's any real, you know, rivalry there. Maybe Sixers-Boston, but that was years ago. You know, when you had the Boston Strangler and the, and the, uh, the, the big playoff matchups in the 80s. Do you consider this a, a legit, like, is this a big-time city rivalry? No, not at all, and I don't even think you can view the, the Philadelphia 76ers Celtics a huge rivalry. I mean, is it a huge rivalry when the Celtics come to Wachovia Center and there's only seven thousand people there to watch it? Seven thousand screaming fans. Seven thousand strong. Yeah, you did, yeah you kind of downplayed that. Yeah. Well, no, you're right, and and I guess these things do kind of go in cycles. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, I don't consider this a rivalry. I'm, I'm going to follow the, the games and stuff. You know, after the show here, I'm going to go make sure I, I check that out. Um, but to talk about, talk about the Phillies, uh, the lineup is fine. I don't think there's any concerns there. It's one of the best in baseball, if not the best, depending on who's healthy and who's hurt uh, with them and other teams, namely the Yankees. We were a bit concerned about the starting pitching this year, and for the most part, I'm really – Moyer has given you a lot more than you could have asked for. Hamels hasn't been great, but he's been okay. Roy Halladay is a monster that – probably should be in jail for some of the things he does on a pitcher's mound. I mean, the guy is insane out there. He's that good. Uh, Blanton, 
is what he is, and he gives you a good outing almost every time. You know, he just he's a, he's a very steady guy. I'm happy with Blanton. They're going to get Jay Hat back so that we can finally get rid of Kyle Kendrick, please. And how about please. Kyle Kendrick lately, though? I agree with you because you know he, he he's due for his one his nine run game, but you oh. know I, I'm pretty surprised with Kendrick the last last four starts. Yeah, you, you know, considering what you really all you're asking to do is you know put a thumb over the leak until yeah. uh, half can get back. But there's a big problem on this team, a big problem, as in this team's going nowhere until this bullpen gets fixed. This is a team that won in 2008, one of the big components. Yeah, they had good, they, you know, good pitching, um, good starting pitching. They had a good lineup. Their bullpen was excellent. It has devolved into what is looking like garbage. Herndon, get, I'm sorry, get out of there. What are you doing there? You know, they lost Chan Ho Park. That was a big, big deal. He was excellent out of the bullpen last year. Ryan Matson uh, is forced into the closer role earlier this season because Lidge was, go figure, hurt. Go figure, something was wrong. But don't worry, it's just tightness. That's my favorite one, by the way. Oh, it's just a little tightness. Oh, here's the 60-day DL. Oh, really? Some tightness? So, Lidge is hurt. Matson's in there, stinking up the joint. He's not a closer at this point. I don't see him ever being it. Every chance he's gotten, he's been terrible. So the day Lidge comes off the DL, you're starting to put the – maybe starting to put the bullpen back together. No, because Madsen had a crappy outing and he went and kicked a chair. Broken toe, he's out eight weeks. I'm like, jeez, be serious. So Lidge comes in and gets a save, which really should have been a blown save if it wasn't so windy. There was two home runs he threw that really got knocked down by the wind big time. So you don't even know what you have in him when he's healthy. And now he's back on the DL. Uh, right now, I mean, if you're telling me Jose Contreras is the closer, I don't know how much you've gotten a, a chance to see Contreras. His stuff has never, ever been an issue. Even when he started coming up with the Yankees, uh, when, they, when they brought him in, and there was all this hype with him, stuff was not the issue. That was, that was what made people drool. This guy has some serious, serious stuff. What he does not have is any kind of control. I mean, I, I know he's not supposed to be your closer, and he's kind of forced into a role that he doesn't belong in. So you say, all right, there's injuries. I'd rather have him this time of year than late, maybe to get people healthy. Baez, what is, that, what is he? He's horrible. What do you <laughs> think of this bullpen? And if, as it stands right now, are they good enough to win with this bullpen? And does it even matter if Lidge gets back? Can you count on Lidge? Forget the mental issues. The guy's breaking down. It, it definitely scares me a little bit. And what scares me more is, you know, it, it's been kind of fine so far. You, you know, it, I mean, they haven't really blown up too bad. You know, early in the season, Matson, you know, had his usual blow-ups. Um, but I, I don't want them thinking that they're fine and they're comfortable because there, there's going to be a blow-up that's going to happen pretty soon because, you know, I, I don't like Romero back there. No, not anymore. No, you're right. You know, ever since, you know, he's off those PEDs or whatever he uh, was taking, I haven't really seen much out of him. A little wild, a little out of control. Jose Contreras has been pitching, you know, probably a little bit better than we thought he would be, but how long can he keep that up? You know, has he ever kept it up like that? I guess you have to ask his wife. But um, And and Madsen coming back, you know, is he going to come back and, and be the Matson that blows it in the ninth, or is he going to be the guy that, you know, has solid eighth innings? And is Lidge going to come back? I mean, there's so much uncertainty right now. And, you know, it, it hasn't 
it hasn't blown up yet, but I have a feeling it will. I mean, the Philly, the Phillies are, you know, the games that they've been winning, the streaks that they've been, they, they've been, um, they've been on. It's been primarily because of the runs that they're putting up. You know, I, oh, I, I well. doubt they even have too many saves this year. Whether they probably have maybe like five saves or anything like that. You know, you, you go down the stretch when, when you're, you know, you're up one or two runs in the eighth inning and you need to hold that lead. You know, I don't think they have right now the pitching staff that can do that. No, and we saw it this week against the Cubs. It was back and forth, one run here, Contreras comes in. And, again, uh, anybody that goes and looks on, on MLB.com can see that Contreras has a 0.63 ERA this year. Excuse me. That's not a joke. He's gotten the job done. He has. But you have to watch him. You really have to watch him to fully comprehend the need to have four Pepto-Bismol bottles next to you when he's, when he's in there. Uh, against the Cubs, he's got a 5-4 lead. He uh, gets a, um, goes to a full count on, on Alfonso Soriano and then pops him in the rear end. And I don't, he wasn't doing it on purpose. He really doesn't. He can't control where the ball's going. And I, and I don't like that uh, in a closer. Um, so then he, he ends up, when he gave up, he gave up a, a, a single or something. It's basically, he had runners to corners with no outs up five to four. That's terrifying. And, and I know Lidge will get into that too. But like I said before, I'm not even saying Lidge is the answer. But this isn't, you know, in, in years past, Perry, if you had told me seven years ago, you're like, oh, our bullpen just isn't that good. Like, who cares? You know, we have, look at look at our pitching, look at our hitting. You know, years ago it was just the, the team was such garbage. You know, they just weren't that good. You'd just be happy. Oh my God, we have a guy that can hit. This is great. But that's not that's a long that's long ago. That's not now. This team is a World Series contender. They've been to the last two. They won one. Uh, they're the favorite in the division. Uh, they're the favorite in the, in the league in the, in the National League. I, I don't know. Can they come out of the NL with this bullpen? Is it? Is, can they do that? This isn't like a goaltender getting hot. You know, it, it, you've seen this offense. I mean, this offense can win games. So yeah. if the offense is on, yeah, they can win. But this offense also goes cold. And and there, there's games where they only put up two, three runs. And I'm not confident in our bullpen being able to, to complete those games. You, you can't ask. I mean, he'll do it. But you can't ask Halliday to give nine innings every game. You know, he'll do it. Um, you know, I mean, how how long is Jamie Moyer going to last? You know, where he's going seven innings, seven innings every game, and you know, Cole Hamels blows up. You know, you're you're going to eventually have to ask this bullpen to come into close games and pitch four innings. You yeah, know, when you know, and, and right cold now, and, I don't know if they can do it. Look, we have, we have to take a break though. We're going to come back and we'll rip through some NFL headlines. Um, but we'll be right back. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'll see you in a few. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports 
Are you ready to talk football with the greatest wide receiver player and coach in NFL history? Tune in to Wide Open with Andre Rison. Andre is ready to talk to you and give his thoughts on the sport. There'll be celebrity guests, coaches, players, artists, and more. He'll go beyond the game with a look from the coach's point of view and feature a high school player each week. Tune in to Wide Open with host Andre Rison. Featured Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. Pacific time for IS Outdoors on the Voice America Sports Channel. With their combined experience of 60 years in the woods, Brock and Don have traveled widely creating TV shows and writing articles on hunting and fishing. Blessed with down-home humor, they are also well-versed in environmental concerns, firearms ownership, and animal rights issues. IS Outdoors offers brisk interaction with the audience, soliciting opinions and questions on a wide range of outdoors subjects. Tune in every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time to the IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show with Brock Ray and Don Kirk, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. All right, everybody. We're back here on G. Cobb in the house at VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Michael Warren along with Michael Perry, and uh, I want to run through some NFL stuff. I know it's a slow time. I just, and, and I know, uh, you know this radio station is obviously based out of Arizona, so we got some Arizona stuff for you guys. And first of all, I see that Jamarcus Russell is working out in Arizona to start getting back into football shape, which is a great idea after your cut. You know, why, why weren't you thinking about that before? And one source tells Yahoo Sports, it's so bad that his mechanics are even completely screwed up. 
there's stuff they go over in high school that he hasn't worked on the past three years. Oh, my God. $39 million for this guy. So just everybody out there in Arizona, you know, if you just careful before you go up and, uh, you know, asking Gabourey Sidibe for her autograph, it could be Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> 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 he might get annoyed. He might get agitated. <laughs> so I, I saw that, and I was just, oh, boy. Perry, is there any – can anyone give this guy another chance? He's I, a strong arm, whatever. They gave this guy every opportunity. You can say it was in Oakland. He didn't have great receivers. This guy inspired no one. I mean, everyone – they could not wait anybody. Oh, they were gushing about Bruce Gradkowski <laughs> because he wasn't Jamarcus Russell. Can you imagine anybody giving this guy a chance? I I don't know. I mean, and what <laughs> – for what reason? I, I don't see it. It's not like – it's not like you bring in Jamarcus Russell and all of a sudden you're selling jerseys. It's not like your <laughs> well, you fan base. Your in the seat. It's not like your fan base is pumping fists, saying, "You know, nice, all right, Jamarcus Russell, he's still got it." Everyone knows this guy is done. How, how does if this guy gets signed on an NFL team, I would be completely surprised. You know, I thought that too, and, and I do. I, I still would be shocked. But there, you know, there's always those coaches that say, "Boy, if we get him into our environment, and if I get a hold of this guy." I'll get the most out of them. I mean, somebody, these people think this. Uh, I can't see him signing for anything more, not a penny more than the absolute least that they would have to pay under, you know, players' union law would allow. You know, he, he, he's a veteran minimum guy. I wouldn't even put, I wouldn't even put any escalators in there. <laughs> and, and the thing about Jamarcus Russell, too, well, what is football shape for him? Have we ever seen him in football shape? There's, they're saying like, another source says here that he's close to 300 pounds again. He's like, like what, what, what football shit? Is it 250 and, you know, he's actually able to throw the ball and run? I mean, have, have we ever seen this? Do we, do we know what football shape is for Jamarcus Russell? I don't. I, 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 it says he's close to 300 again. I mean, that's, you're looking at, you know, gastric bypass type. And I'm not, I'm not kidding. I mean, he's getting he, – I've just never seen a quarterback this fat. He makes the hefty lefty look like Ty Detmer. But, you know, whatever, that's enough Jamarcus Russell. I, I just, uh, there's something, maybe, maybe he's the smart one. And he's like, look, I'm going to get $39 million over the next three years. I don't got to do anything because I'm getting that money anyway. Yeah. And then watch be, this. He's going to get a couple more million probably. I don't, I don't see why, but maybe he will. We'll get a couple more million just for being Jamarcus Russell and make the team and not do anything again. But, you know, I, I don't think he'll get signed, but I think it would be amusing if he goes to another team. I, I would enjoy, I, I enjoy Jamarcus Russell being around. You know, it's something to you know poke fun about. It's it's good stuff. I, I do. I have to admit, I do. I do like having Jamarcus around. I mean, I don't even know if he would get fifty bucks to sign, uh, you know, some football cards at a, at a local baseball card show. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he's in Arizona. Also in Arizona, I don't know if you guys saw this report. Uh, Jason Cole, who I think does a great job, uh, a source tells Jason Cole that uh, essentially the, the, the brass, the, uh, the coaches in, in Arizona, haven't been, quote, haven't been terribly impressed with the work of, of Leinert and Anderson. And they could, they are thinking about maybe, maybe bringing in Bulger in July if something doesn't change. Uh, my question is, 
what did you expect? Derek Anderson played well for one year, and then he could not stay on the field for the Browns. Just horrific. He was so bad. Liner, I don't know, man. I don't know what you're getting out of him. I don't know at this point what anyone has seen out of this guy to say, well, he's going to be our guy. He's the face of the franchise. He's going to take us to where we want to go. Um, and to be honest, I've always liked Mark Bulger okay over the years. Is he going to solve anything? Right, I mean, and, and this is the thing with, with, with the Cardinals, too, is, you know, they, they had – they probably had an opportunity to bring in McNabb if they wanted to, you know. So did they, did they overvalue what they had in, in Matt Leiner? Did they overvalue what they thought Derek Anderson was going to be? And did they, did they undervalue how important the quarterback position is for their team? Because, you know, as good as Larry Fitzgerald is, as good as, uh, you know, that Cardinals offense looks like it can be, I mean, you have a Matt Leinart on that team, you know, <laughs> playing the way that he's played in the past. I don't see how that team can go. So it is not going for Donovan McNabb big off-season, you know, mistake. Well, the second and the fourth was what the Redskins gave up. You're going to tell me Donovan McNabb is not worth a second and a fourth to those Cardinals? Really? Really? Him deep to Fitzgerald? Come on. And, and I, you, mentioned, you mentioned the name Mark Bolger, too. And, and you know what? Right now, you know, I'm not a quarterback's coach. I'm not an owner of an NFL team, but... You know, I can tell you from what I've seen, we've had out. Mark Bolger on that field in those two. Yeah, uh, Anderson to me is just whatever. I don't really understand that. Leinert, I, you know, they might be calling Denver for one of those extra guys. They might be begging for Kyle Orton. I'll give you two first-round picks just say it's Kyle Orton. <laughs> you know, and, and it's, 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 so you look at the rest of that division, I think the Seahawks have gotten better. I don't know how much better. They're always kind of confusing to me. Uh, I, I think that they've definitely gotten better. I think the Niners are getting better. I think they're getting better every day. I don't like Alex Smith, really. Uh, he's very, very dependent uh, on the shotgun, which doesn't scream NFL quarterback to me. But they just, they've gotten a lot better. I mean, that division is up for grabs, and it's a shame because it's an awful division. And the Cardinals are just so close that one or two small adjustments, you think, you know, they own the division. It's not going to be a problem. I just don't see... I can't say I see him dropping to the bottom of the division because the Rams are so god-awful. <laughs> but if you, I, I don't think if you're in Arizona, you can have a ton of hope for this football team right now with, with, with the guys that they have. But, uh, but anyway, Perry, that's our time. We have, we have run out of time for this week. And I want to thank you for joining me. And uh, we'll see you guys all next week. Hopefully we have better news to report on the Flyers and Sixers if they haven't screwed up the pick even by then. Or <laughs> Doug Collins hasn't screwed something up. But uh, look, we'll see you guys next week. This is G Cop in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Michael Warren along with Michael Perry. You guys have a good weekend. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com.
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.